0: no Now, I get,
1: did, did the Argentinian group record this after the English version? Or did uh, the English... This is from the 90s. Yeah. What's the name of this?
0: I think they recorded it first, and then I, I actually believe that they also recorded the English version, actually. Because this, oh, this song was like no, their no. claim to flame. Claim it's to not fame, men. not flame. Hang on, hang on. Maybe no, flame, no, no, I don't know. Is
1: it? Okay, so I'm feeling they recorded this after. Let me see. Um, Let I me think see. they
0: recorded the English version, chill. Or someone who sounds exactly like them. Because this is from like Mm -hmm. 94,
1: so. Break my stride. Blue Lagoon is not the same. Yes, and this is from 2004. So they copied cultural appropriation. Sounds like the
0: colonizers did it again. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Suspiria, a podcast, a true crime podcast, where we complain about. Colonizing shenanigans.
1: The same, same way they try to do Shusha in Spanish, in um, probably Spanish too, but in English. And guess what?
0: No, she wasn't in Spanish. Yeah. A lot of um, people know her from. Yeah. Like the, also. Yeah. Because she had a show too. I think she, she had a show, a show in, Argentina. in English.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. But did it work? Um. Maybe not as well no. as. I mean, she worked better than I would work for sure. But, yeah Yes <laughs>
0: So, who are you? Carol Yes And I am Stephanie
1: And this is another installment of your Sometimes weekly <laughs> True crime podcast about Latin American truth The true crime.
0: attempted weekly true yeah. crime
1: Intended to be weekly Anyway, uh, what are we talking hey, about we today, start Carol? We're talking about an Argentinian song Because we're talking about, yes A is it true crime maybe it's a it's a maybe. it's a criminal story that's gonna bring a little sparkle to your afternoon. We're talking about Peron's hands, yes, just the hands in the man a little bit just the hands, not the rest of the Nazi body the, the hands, um, <laughs> <about> the hands.
0: <laughs> yeah the, no yeah, but not the he- the rest of his uh, maybe Nazi body <laughs> um <laughs> so today <laughs> so actually sorry uh to mm-hmm. interrupt you but just as a disclaimer we've had this um case in our files for
1: almost oh a year God. now yeah so we were meaning to do this yeah with another person but it didn't work out and we're still very interested in recording with you Danny. so if you're listening please reach yeah. out we're still we're still up for it but just a different story right Yes. Yeah. yes. So today's episode was based on articles from the New York Times, Educat, AP News, The Washington Post. La La Nacion, La Nacion, and some very old documentaries about Piton on on YouTube and Wikipedia for names, dates, and such as we always use. We can't talk about the hands without talking about the man that they once were attached to. So the first portion of this will be centered around context and etc. It's a very history heavy podcast, which, uh, episode, which I'm really into. Like we did the. Limpio, which was awesome. Like, I really liked that one. Yeah. Yeah, so this is Mm -hmm. the kind of gruesome story that you're looking for. It is really gruesome, so stick around, please. Also, sometimes we pride ourselves because we are the most complete source of information out there, yada, 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 but... This is not the case here, since we're diving into historical figures and politics, etc., etc. And this is a true crime podcast, not a politics or history podcast. We will give you enough information to understand what's going on, not. But it's like kind of just the basics, so we apologize if we say something that is fundamentally wrong here. So I mean, it's a huge ass topic, and we're doing our best, but. If we do make some historical mistake, let us know and we'll correct it in future episodes. But I think it's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And as always, we're we're always open to like hear from you if you're from any of the countries that we are covering. And if we, you know, say some shit, like if you're from Argentina and we say that the capital of Argentina is Lima, <laughs> feel free to yeah. <laughs> correct mm-hmm. us so first let, let's talk about the context here it is the early 19th century uh, Argentina is a rich prominent country and they seem to be doing splendidly as a collective nation starting in the 30s however no it's the
1: early 20th century 20th you see we start with with mistakes here amazing <laughs> yeah. we gotta starting keep on moving in the 30s however <laughs> oh no
0: <laughs> the great depression the great depression happens in the u.s and the rest of the world also suffers like everybody got fucked uh argentina included and all of that brings forth a series of political and economical issues culminating on september 3rd september 3rd september 6th 1930 when a state coup overthrows the president and installs a very 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 sketchy government marked by shady political practices including corruption, electoral fraud, persecution of the opposition, and all the Latin American classics that we know and love (laughs) and that are still present to this day. Because we don't learn. We don't learn. A hundred years and we haven't learned. Um, So these years brought Argentina back to more traditional politics where the elites become super powerful and the rest, you know, get fucked, which is nothing new and shouldn't shock anyone. But the fact is most Argentinians were not doing very well. The coup was a tremendous step back for the working class because, you know, it's always the working class that gets screwed. Um, throughout these years Argentina changed there's a fucking motor (sighs) you guys I cannot every day look at this it's not even 70 degrees out but Bostonians cannot Mm -hmm. see the sun out that they want to ride their motorcycles Anyway, uh, throughout these years, Argentina changed drastically. Immigration kind of stopped. They had to change their whole economic system. And there was a huge shift when it comes to migration. Since people from rural, my favorite word, rural areas, flock to uh, urban centers like Buenos Aires. Keep this information in mind for later. But this brings forth a change in the mentality and significantly changes what uh, Buenos Aires' population looks like. Let's jump to the end here. There were many, many, many attempted coups to take that government out of power, and the situation was so bad that kidnapping and killing the opposition became common practice. Just so you all have an idea, and because we love hearing about that kind of stuff, but of course people would go missing for years and years. Uh, and years later, they would find hundreds of bodies inside empty warehouses. Hundreds. Yep. Hundreds. Um, m- 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 here uh, on Tusperia we typically talk mostly about the recent Brazilian dictatorship because that's what we know. We grew up with people who survived that and we were taught that in school. Um, but there are stories like that all over Latin America and Argentina's dictatorships were especially gruesome so it comes to the end on June 4th 1943 another coup known as the revolution of 43 installs a legal government and puts an end to the decada infame and we mean really it was still a militarized dictatorship with quote unquote presidents and quote unquote elections
1: but yeah. oh well same thing happened in Brazil. It's like are changing so. the number of the UNO card, but it's still the same color. Yeah. Exactly. So let's jump to Juan Perón, okay? Because I don't know how to do this transition, but it just happens. So Juan Domingo Perón was born on October 8th, 19, 1985.
0: No. 1885.
1: Nineteen eighty five. Fucking viajando in Lobos, Buenos Aires, to a very wealthy family. He grew up in Patagonia though, which obviously made him an amazing skier, by the way, that was his thing. He used to ski a lot. At 16, he started attending the Colegio Militar de la Nacion, and shortly after deciding to start his career in the military, and shortly after, he started to, uh, he decided to start his career in the military by joining the infantry. Infantry. He was able to move up the ranks pretty quickly. And he was always kind of influential, lending him a ticket to Europe so he could have a peep into what politicians were doing over there. Especially a guy, have you heard of him, Benito Mussolini? Yeah. Just the type of guy that you (laughs) want to be friends with. Who cares about that anyways? Just best buddies. buddies, buddies. He returns home before World War II, Europe still, to a very, very fragile Argentina, Argentina. Argentina. in 1943 the year of the revolution he was a colonel and was and would serve as vice president for the dictatorship under president is hinted out out in the middle federal this is I'm, I'm so sorry guys i should be i should be better at this by now shouldn't i you know what i think people appreciate yeah. the effort i hope so So he would also serve as a secretary of labor and of war. From the get-go, he made it clear that he wasn't playing the same game as a lot of other officials and and pushed forward a more populist uh, pro-labor agenda with labor laws and syndicates and stuff. Which, I mean, that was, you know, as a result, he was loved by the working class but hated by the elites and the business slash conservative people. But before all that becomes more serious, he meets the women who would save his ass, Eva Duarte. Ooh, yes. I think
0: you all might recognize her. Mm-hmm. So Maria Eva Duarte was born on May 7th in 19- of 1919 in Junín, General Viamonte which is a small rural town. I love how I'm getting every single paragraph with rural (laughs) just because I can't see That was very timed. Um, (laughs) She was born out of wedlock. Um, Her dad never loved her. And it's a whole thing, you know, daddy issues. (laughs) Her family was dirt poor, but she had a dream of becoming a movie star. And so she did. She moved to Buenos Aires as a teenager and went through some hard times financially. She was able to pull through, though, and had a fairly successful career in radio and movies. In 1944, an earthquake hit San Juan and eventually would shake Perón's heart, too. See what we did there? (laughs) That is because at a relief fundraiser for the earthquake, he met Miss Eva Duarte. Of course, she swept him off his feet. Uh, she was absolutely beautiful and kind of bananas, but in a good way. Quick reference yeah. to an older episode. Uh, she was super smart, super charismatic, opinionated, and she was the complete package. They got married a year later, and by then, Ava was like a part of state meetings and stuff, like which was totally mm-hmm. unheard of for a woman in Latin America in the 40s. Like, it's still unheard of to this day. (laughs) Imagine Mm -hmm. the 40s.
1: So, back to her saving his ass. Remember that the elites didn't like Pedon because he wasn't governing for them, right? So, amongst his opposition was the American ambassador who had more influence than Pedon, obviously. So, he was kind of forced to renounce his position, Pedon, right? Then he's arrested in October of 45. So, Eva spearheads spearheads a movement to get him out of jail. She leads protests. She and the hardworking people of Buenos Aires demand that Peron gets back up there in government. So, remember, remember, so remember when you talked about the societal changes in Argentine society, etc. Now the masses are with Peron. Buenos Aires is with Peron. It's not with the elites anymore. And so they wouldn't let the guy who's fighting for them be wronged. Also remember that Ava came from the exact same situation as a lot of uh, those poor people came from. So countryside poor people trying to make it in the city absolutely look up to her. And she acts as their voice in government. She's super involved. The pressure was so big that the big guys gave Piton his job back. Which is crazy. This is a a dictatorship. like (laughs) Right? Yeah yeah bananas it, it's
0: like it's unheard yeah. of so with the public's endorsement peron is the favorite for the upcoming
1: election in 1946 election, quote, the sentence hmm? election quote unquote i just keep like my my brain is yeah, always yeah. like one step ahead and i say stuff that i just wrote you know what i mean <laughs> uh, the
0: sentence, that sentence means that he was the government's favorite for the quote-unquote election, as Carroll said. So, they gave him more airtime than his opponents, he was out there a lot more than, and the public also loved him, so of course, he got elected as president. Throughout the whole campaign, evita evita was right beside him at all times and that didn't change when he was in office something that really exemplifies their power partnership is that she was the only first lady ever to appear besides a president in a portrait so Mm -hmm. extremely rare unheard of wild Their platform focused on economic growth and social justice, with Evita being very involved in charity and legislation. Evita and Juan became symbols of the cause, basically, and to this day, they are praised for the advances in social justice that came with Perón's administration. They also became religious figures, almost, which which only shows the size of the impact that they made in that society. And one thing people who are listening right now my nephew is screaming his head off so and i've already told them to shut up so if you can hear a loud scream in the background i promise you we're not slaughtering a child he's just like you guys
1: are gonna be um i call witnesses in court now congratulations (laughs) yeah so the first term is almost over and evita is nominated as his vice president for his second term wild (laughs) beyond the wildest dreams man however her health is decaying very fast she has uterine cancer he still won the election and like the i don't know like it's a weird thing like they kind of like propped her up you know what i mean on the car and you can see that she's kind of you can see that she's ill that is an ill person on the car and she's the vice president you know what i mean but she was still kind of like pulling your face and stuff i don't know yeah, yeah, it's like JFK that was like using embrace on the car. You know what I mean? That it looks kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's exactly like that. So Eva Peron died in nineteen fifty-two, a year into the second term the nation takes a hard hit with the loss of evita and to say that they were grieving is a gross understatement her body is embalmed and there are plans to keep her on display like you know linen and obvious and hopefully someday frozen wall doesn't me because <laughs> dude yeah. yeah what happens next with Piton is a mix of things and it kind of like snowballs together first There's the fact that Evita is now gone and some of his strength and popularity dies with her. Then there's the question of Argentina's economic situation, which has stagnated. And at that with the powerful people that hate his guts as a result. And that results in. You guessed it. You called it the most Latin American thing ever. Another coup. It's coup after coup after coup.
0: We just love coups. We love we coups. Love... <laughs> if you're Brazilian, you
1: got that. So, that coup specifically includes the military bombing Plaza de Mayo, which is basically like the fucking White House, and killing 400 people as a result on September 16th, 1955. Just a dictatorship things. <laughs> <prince. laughs> yeah. <laughs> like dictatorship things, like those like white girl things. You know what I mean? Yeah uh in 55 Perón is taken out of office and into exile he spends 18 years out of the country in spain and venezuela for the most part the, the dictatorship that took his that took his dictatorship out and did their absolute best to smear smear the pedons They had some tasteful, very tasteful propaganda and expositions showing their luxury cars and outfits and jewelry to try to distance them from the masses. But that didn't do much in terms of swaying the public opinion. So they'd be like, oh, the communists with an iPhone kind of, you know, uh, a tactic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they're talking about social justice. But they have, it wasn't like even that much They have a fancy coat Like okay You know Yes and <laughs> The image that the pedons had With people was very 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 hard to shake Especially Ava because she was so hands on She would like literally hug Sick people, give out sewing machines And go to school to play with the kids So people didn't give a shit about her Expensive earrings Like it doesn't. It really doesn't matter so, part of this smearing campaign was getting rid of Ava's body. Following orders from the dictator himself, his name was Pedro Reño Aramburu, Aramburu some, uh, some officers went into the building that the body was at, destroyed a statue of her, burned Argentinian flags, pissed, pissed on her body, and wow. took her. Just like that. Poof. They put her in a truck and parked it at different spots around the city for like seven months. One of the places that they kept her was the house of a general that was leading the whole thing. And the guy had like a coffin, like a coffin sarcophagus thing. That he would like display the body like standing up at night. <laughs> oh my god. And when you thought this couldn't get any worse, these people... Actually, killed a pregnant woman that they thought was not the mission to recover Evita's body.
0: Anyway, which spoiler alert is probably dude, not even true. Yeah,
1: the Catholic Church was able to transport her body to Geneva before when when she was kept there like in secret for a while. But eventually, Perón was able to get the body back in the seventies and brought it back to Argentina and buried the body. In a super safe, burglary proof burglary proof grave at the Hicoleta Cemetery, which is the big cemetery with all the bodies are at in Argentina. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Argentinas have a, a thing for dead bodies, don't they? And this gets worse <laughs> in this story.
0: <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. Welp. So, back to Peron. He was ex- exiled, right? Uh, The government made supporting him illegal. And you can just figure out how well the public took that. The 55 dictatorship was replaced by the 66 dictatorship. So it's like every 11 (laughs) years, we're going to have a new dictator. Just kidding. Um, And by then, there were armed armed forces in opposition to the dictatorship. And a lot of them were Peronistas. Peronism became a political ideology, and it's not referring only to Peron's government, but many od- many others that would come afterwards. It's supposed to be about, quote, nationalism, international political independence, and a strong government, end quote, with elements of social justice. But it's kind of a broad term and something that at least we had the impression that polit- politicians affiliate themselves to to appear more sympathetic, which yeah. makes sense. Uh, Perón's influence was so great that by the 70s, the country was begging for him to return. And return, he did. Three million people went to the airport to welcome him Three back. And unfortunately, a lot of people. the groups... Yeah, not 3,000. Three million. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the groups that made it there didn't really agree with each other, even though they had Perón in common. Um, which is very... It's very common when it comes to politics. Like, you might like one candidate, but you actually Mm -hmm. hate everybody else. Um, What happened was that right-wing Peronistas actually opened fire on the left-wing ones. 13 people were killed. So, the elected president stepped down, and the nation elected Perón as a president once again in 73. America is
1: a wild place, man. I love it. It's wild. Unfortunately, a year later, he died of a heart attack on July 1st, 1974. He's buried at the Quinta Presidencial de Olivos, where the government planned for a mausoleum that would be big enough physically and symbolically to keep him in Eva. He was buried in many places, but that initial plan never happened. His final resting place is now at the Quinta de San Vicente, Qu- Quinta, Quinta de San Vicente. where he rests at a museum about himself. That's great, right? Like you go, you tour the museum, and then you get to the dead body at the end, like a gift shop. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, goals. His third wife, Isabel Perón, became Argentina's next president. And now, finally, finally, can you believe we're getting to the hands? So now that we understand who Peron yes. is. In 1987, while he was buried at his family's tomb at the Chacarita Cemetery, the Justicialista party got an anonymous letter saying that Peron's hands had been removed from his corpse. They had also stolen his cap, uh, cap, cap, hat, sword, and a poem written by Isabel. They were asking for the party to pay 8 million, 8 million, 8 million US dollars to give it back. The hands, a cap, a poem. That's what. Upon investigation, they found out that it was actually all true. And it's estimated that it happened on July 23rd, shortly before the party got the letter. The culprits broke into the locked tomb and went down to the second level, which is where the body is at and it's it was like a hole in the floor so it was not like super easy to get to that was a 375 pound three inch thick glass cover up on top of Piton's coffin and it was secured by 12 12 triple combination locks they drilled through the glass and forensic testing showed that the deed had been done with an electric saw so they really tried not to get the thing stolen (laughs) but yeah of course of course the party refuses to pay for the ransom and they start investigating right away six arrests were made but no actual convictions
0: yeah a lot of the people that were involved in the case started dropping dead throughout the years which is not suspicious at all, is it? <laughs> not, especially because a lot of the murders, the deaths were murders, so not even a little bit suspicious. This opens up a lot of room for speculations that the people who were um, responsible for the robbery might have been individuals with a fair amount of power. One of the lead investigations, uh, one of the lead investigators Jaime Farsal. Uh, Swau or Sal sorry uh, died a year after the Tom raid in a suspicious car accident. The chief of police Juan Angel Parker died of an apparent asthma attack oh that's scary as an asthmatic person. Um, a, detec- a detective Carlos Sunino was murdered with a, bu- a bullet to the head. Luis Paulo Lav- lavagna, one of the guards that were in charge of guarding the body, was also killed while on duty. A supposed witness, Maria del Carmen Melo, was also killed days after she contacted police. She was known for always going to the top uh, to bring flowers to the to the, top, oh, to the top of the tomb to bring flowers to uh, Perón. The investigators actually summoned the CIA to aid in the investigation, something that's not at all uncommon for high... Uncommon for high-profile crimes. But what they actually discovered is not known to the public for fucking obvious reasons.
1: So, probably not a lot. Yeah. I think. It is brought up a lot that a lot of Argentinians have a thing for dead bodies, as I said before. Which is kind of evident when you think about the choice to embalm and display Evita. And then to steal her and make a big deal out of it when piton was able to recover her body he actually kept her in his uh, dining room for a while that's a little <sighs> and now they yeah and now people go and actually chop the hands of a embalmed corpse yeah the strongest theory is that it was done as a political act obviously yeah. it's super significant but we don't know what it is and what it was intended to symbolize a strong possibility is that the hands were taken by individuals who wanted to take Argentina out of the dictatorship wave because Perón was loved and all but he was still a dictator it just could also be someone who hated his guts and the list is ginormous so like (laughs) it's a lot of suspects yeah
0: and so like if you have a conspiracy theory or like I don't know anyone that you want to throw under the bus as a suspect for this feel free to share it with us I like honestly think uh, that um we will never find out at least not in our lifetime we'll never find out what happened no,
1: no. I honestly have no idea because like I think there's either two possibilities It's either something, like, super calculated, like, a big organization that they studied the grave for years, you know what I mean? And then, like, because it's a big, like, operation to, like, steal the motherfucking hands, you know what I mean? It's either that or, like, the stupidest, like, thing, like, it's not meant to say anything at all. It's just, like, vandalizing, like, with no, like, motive at all. Either one I the feel other,
0: like I there had to be someone important involved just because of, like, the level of security that was around um, <sighs> around his body. I feel like at least there had to be someone with money to bypass that. However, they can't either by force or by bribing people. Maybe they bribed, like, the guard and
1: the guard was like, "Ooh, I'll snitch. Yeah. And then he dropped dead yeah and then everything that happens after like just making so many people like disappear yeah. and die that takes yeah there's quite a few sticks we mm-hmm. move exactly know? Mm-hmm. but we'll never know boy, boy. um
0: how are you all dealing with the quarantine and covid19 i hope you're all being safe and responsible if you're in florida you're probably mad because people don't obey the laws (laughs) or if you're uh if you're any kind of latin immigrant in massachusetts you're probably mad too because the amount of people that i'm seeing still going to parties um i just saw an ad on facebook um where this girl is like offering her services as um A nail artist and she's like oh I can come to your house and do your nails Mm -hmm. and thankfully uh, she's getting a lot of negative (laughs) replies Um, but like Mm -hmm. yeah I hope everybody is being responsible I hope uh, we are um, able to bring you some entertainment I know a lot of people don't do very well staying at home um, whether it be because of whoever is at home with them or just because they don't like being at home so hopefully this um has been helpful to entertain you for
1: an hour or so, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the whole quarantine thing you know what it feels mm-hmm. like to me. It feels like a group project that you've been assigned like a surprise group project, and then you know you get like you know put into a random group of kids in your class, and you're the only kid that's working, you know, and you're gonna be graded. By the group, not individually. And everyone else is doing fine. Except your group. And then you're like, dude, I'm here with the worst kids. That's what it feels yeah. like. Honestly. But, I mean, here in Florida, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Oh, my god. I mean... Ugh. I saw... I told you that, Steph. I saw a guy at the store buying a pack... Like of muffins, just that. it's muffins. Which is the store to buy muffins. Yeah. Fucking muffins. <sighs> just muffins. Nothing else. Just muffins. Stay home. Bake. some Just muffins. bake your own
0: muffins. Shooting yeah. them And
1: I want to
0: Jeez. bring back our shout-outs because we haven't done them in a while. So I'm gonna give a shout out to everybody who recently followed us. Um so Archie's Mari. Oh, bless you. Jeez. Uh, Trista, Felipe, Kelly, Vitória, uh, Tivi, Marcos, uh, Carla, Sabrina, Ingra, uh, Rebecca, which is uh, someone that we know. <laughs> uh, there's two Alines, um, Gabi, um, and Gabi actually sent us a case um, suggestion that we're going to be covering later, so thank you for that. Fernanda, Nina, Julia, um N- natalie another julia and katie who is uh, my mm-hmm. friend so thank you so much for following us recently yeah. i will try to come up with a list of shout outs or like
1: oh we got a nice some nice itunes reviews yeah. too do they have their names on those itunes um reviews? not sure do they let me check this for a second because i was like super happy it's super cool. I feel like we're popping up. I'm looking at Chartable right now. So, so I'm thinking about that. But we're popping up on like a few like Latin American countries, uh, like, uh, iTunes charts. So that's awesome. Yeah,
0: it is. It is. We're happy. Makes us mm-hmm. happy.
1: Yeah. Got a few. It's pretty good. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um,. I don't know, sh- they don't have their names. Let's go call-, call them KM and varsity. They wrote us some great uh reviews. And also Clarice. Clarice had written a book I think we Clarice <laughs> the limbs still scream. Yeah. Um,
0: Is that how it goes? <laughs> we really appreciate the iTunes, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts. I forgot that they changed their Yeah, it's not iTunes. Names. It's
1: not been iTunes for a
0: year. Yeah. Um, we together, appreciate the, the reviews. Um, y'all know how much we love you for that. Uh, not only for that, but just for listening in general. We
1: like yeah. to know that yeah. we're not just talking to ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. It feels like it sometimes. But, guys, I really want to know if you guys like this type of, like, historical cases. Because I've been hinting about it for a long time. I've been working on an outline for... Do Feels like it's been five years now that I've been, like, researching this on and off. And let me know because it's big. And it's, like, one of those big, like, big, big, big historic events that I think would fit super well in this podcast. And I, can I say the country here? I'll say the country just to leave you guys... With a good taste in your mouth Colombia And I've been researching that Assassination for a long time Let us know who you think it is And if you guess correctly If you you guess correctly You will uh, get absolutely nothing Because we're broke (laughs) Yeah but let us know if you like This type of like history dense content Rather than like a You know regular murder We're just trying to be unique unique yeah because we special yeah. we're not like other girls very no not like other girls at all and so yeah Do i think that's it how long is it how long is the thing
0: i have no idea because my uh thing records it in like is seconds and i have no
1: idea because mine is cut in half well um uh, so however long it however is long we is. hope
0: you enjoyed it
1: <laughs> okay Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a good end of the world. And really, look at. Oh,
0: I shouldn't say that. Well, but that's your catchphrase. It's not our fault. <laughs> the end is actually coming. So.
1: I hope you guys keep on having a good end of the world. Leaders, <laughs> haters, ciao. Thank you for listening to another episode of Susperia, a true crime podcast. If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.
0: And also, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Susperia Podcast. Facebook is also Susperia Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Susperia Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting.
1: We do, actually.
0: If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SuspiriaPodcast at gmail.com or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite.
1: Ciao! Ciao!